You're listening to Pod for Ham, a podcast from the incomparable that's all about the musical Hamilton, taking it one track at a time through the original Broadway cast recording. Every episode features different groups of interesting people talking about a single track. Visit us on the web at pod4ham.com or follow us on Twitter at pod4ham. Mr. Vice President, Mr. Madison, Senator Burr, what is this? We have the check stubs from separate accounts. Almost $1,000 paid in different amounts to a Mr. James Reynolds way back in 1791. Is that what you have? Are you done? Hello and welcome to another episode of Pod for Ham, where we make our stately progress like a silent ship upon the waters uh, through every song in the Hamilton soundtrack. I am your host this time, Andy Anatko. With us this week is Chip Southers, Aline Sims, and Elsa Shumison Henry. To recap, uh, Jefferson, Burr, and Madison confront our hero Hamilton with financial records and documents that they think prove that he abused his position as Secretary of the Treasury for his own personal financial gain. Hamilton, with a certain well, signature amount of contempt shows his, his three enemies letters that prove he's an honorable, trustworthy man who merely was playing, paying blackmail money to the husband of the woman with whom he was cheating on his wife on an extended basis. Thus, he says, proving he's a man of honor. Uh, and <laughs> basically, it's the confrontation between these, uh, the, battle, the battle between these four people. Uh, what an odd way to defend yourself from a very very itchy situation would you not agree chip absolutely and the thing that is so remarkable about this is with the exception of the players in the scene this is completely historical (laughs) that's that's the that's the thing that just kills me every time uh hamilton uh was uh basically he, he was he was he did this with other um with other political opponents including James Monroe um so Lin Manuel Miranda borrows does some nice narrative compression as his is wont in this musical and puts his main antagonists into the scene but um just the determination that Hamilton has to be in the right and to be one up on these three bozos who he does not respect because he's Hamilton, god damn it. Um and you see the train wreck a coming and it's it's and this is where the tr- this is where the rails for the track are laid towards the wreck in the distance or before Hamilton goes off the rails. One of those metaphors applies. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it feels very much like haha you Idiots, you think that I'm the guy who's been pilfering pens from the supply closet of our company. I've been embezzling from the company. So I would, I could buy my own Sharpies with all the money I've stolen. Here, let me give you books that show you prove how much money I've stolen from this company. Um, Eileen, would, would you have done the same thing in this situation? Look, it's, it's hard to listen to this. It is. It's, um, the ego, like the ego is palpable. In, through through all of them, right? Like they're all at least in this musical egotistical men, and they're trying to out ego one another. Um, I could put it a little bit more crudely, but I won't. Um, 
And yeah, it's just it just astounds me that I wish I could go back in the time and be like, okay, dude, what were you thinking? Like, why is it in your brain better that you were blackmailing someone, uh, the spouse of the person that you were having sex with? You know, why is that better to you than than embezzlement? I don't know. They're both bad. I guess my assumption is he thought that from a historical context, because this is a man all about legacy, what is his legacy going to be? And I guess he thought he would be seen better in the eyes of history if he was an adulterer, not an embezzler. I don't know. If we judge him by the ethics and morals of the time, I don't know which one would have been the worst thing. Right? It's like we, I, I, I think that in the lyrics, the lyrics are interesting because, uh, and this is something that's really explained well in, in the genius lyrics online. That uh, I didn't even notice it. This is why these genius lyrics are so uh, are so valuable. Uh, that Jefferson hangs back during certain moments of this confession because he's like, "Oh, <laughs> adultery is involved. I should probably be quiet now. I've, I, I have, I, I, I yield the floor to Madison and Burr to be be aggressive about how bad it is to be cheating on your wife and." And, and breaking moral vows of that kind, uh, but it's. Uh, I, I feel I feel as though if an elected official, someone I voted for, is cheating on their spouse, I would take that better than he had been wasting money that I thought was supposed to be spent on schools, fire departments, police departments, instead of draperies for his summer cottage. One of the things that I love about this song, um, among the many is Jefferson how he handles how he handles it um Jefferson's arc at the beginning of the song is swagger I've got you right where I want you <laughs> he steps on top of uh, Madison every time Madison starts to say something sound and cutting uh and Jefferson just sort of swoops in as a, uh, you know, so virtue is not a word that I'd apply to this situation you know he is just super smug and then Hamilton almost in response to that says you don't know a damn thing this is what the this is what i actually did and what's jefferson's response just this blank shocked my god that is so hysterical um and and, and it, it it's delivered well in the cast album and uh, and on stage you know that that just sort of that sort of blank i can't tell if it's faux outrage or if he's genuinely shocked that uh that he he just uh that hamilton just spread out this buffet of uh, confession in front of him do you think it was shocked that he did these things or shocked that you you don't understand how badly you've just screwed yourself possibly both and and apparently jefferson and madison say the people won't know what they know so i'm assuming that they're walking off thinking okay darn it we don't have anything we don't have what we thought we had we can't actually use this the way we wanted to so you know it's it's um i I, i'm i'm not sure whether they feel like they've left holding the bag or all the cards. That's an interesting observation because uh, when you look at the first, the first half of the song versus the second half of the song, every line that uh, that Jefferson and Madison and Burr uh, put out, 
it's like we have the check stubs from second accounts, almost a thousand dollars paid in different accounts. Uh, uh, you are uniquely situated by virtue of your position, although virtue is not a word I'd apply to this situation. All the, all these lines would seem to be like as they're in the coach on the ride to to meet with Hamilton, they're like, okay, I'm I'm definitely going to get this zinger in. I'm de- I, they've been thinking about, oh, this is going to be so great, we're going to knock them down a peg, and then the revelation that number one. Not only we, we we do have a cannon that's loaded, but it's hitting a different target that we didn't think it was going to be hitting. It's putting them off their pins, and now they're at least in a defensive position because they don't know they didn't have any any patter or any zingers set up for. Hi, I've been cheating on my wife and disgracing my family. Here, let me prove it to you. They weren't ready for that. Yeah, and I I also wondered if part of that reaction was also the fe- not the fear, but not knowing what to do with the information as has been stated already, but also like the weird code of honor that seemed to Mm. exist. Like it's okay to lambast him. Like if it's a public thing, right? He's embezzling, he's taking money from the country. That's one thing, but this is a private matter. And it was like a more, more civilized, uh, more ridiculous in some ways but not as much in others time and it was like okay this is a private thing and we're not gonna we're not gonna spread this around um but i'm not a historian so i don't know if that actually stands or not well no i think it does uh the cherno book talks about how james monroe and uh Frederick Muhlenberg and Abraham B. Venable. Such 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 amazing names. I wish he'd found a way to work those names into the <laughs> musical, if nothing else. You know, it's interesting. I just saw the Hamilton documentary for PBS on Saturday, and they talk about this very thing. Uh, one of the historians talks about how Hamilton can do all of these things, and yet his solution to a political problem is to tank his own personal life, which is not the best choice, and yet it seems like that's always what he does. <laughs> he always sacrifices for, you know, the political in many ways. Well, you keep, in Cherno's book, you keep hearing about how uh, affected he is by all of the all of the, uh, the biographies and all of the historical books that he read. I, I don't even mean this as a joke. Maybe he's been partly impressed by the fact that um, you always hear about the political lives and the historical lives of these great figures the history to his knowledge doesn't spend a lot of time saying well that was was he good to his pets was he a good father was he did, did his wife feel feel as though she was being supported and loved so maybe that's it was just not something that's it's on his front burner when he's faced with here's how big if i have a choice between two scandals i would much rather send that runaway trolley into the crowd of relatives than to the crowd of uh, historical reporters well i mean some of the historical people you do get that from i mean john adams and abigail adams had a very supportive marriage but we only have that because of their letters right and hamilton wasn't reading their letters uh, but it's a. I've, I've only. I'm only like. Uh, according to my Kindle app, I'm only about thirty five, forty percent through the book. Um, I'm trying desperately to get through it. But it's always uh, whoever, whoever, uh, whatever book he had access to in his teenage years was going to be something that he studied so much that the end papers would be faded by the t- through from his eyeballs by the time he finished with it. And it's not necessarily modern uh, political thought it's always that whatever would be in a classical library so maybe he's he's already seeing he has to he has to 
contribute to his marble bust that's going to be in a library sometime uh, as opposed to it's really kind of important that people who love him right now uh, are going to be loved back. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he's <laughs> he's legacy, right? From from the beginning, like he wanted a war, he wanted to build his station and he wanted to build a legacy and given his family history, I'm sure that um keeping those bonds intact wasn't as appealing because his, you know, those people fade, they go away, they come in and out, but if you're building a country, a financial system, uh, you know, whatever he's doing politically, then that has the chance to to have him live on forever, you know, in a way that oral histories don't necessarily. We were also talking about, you know, the according to the mores of the time, where, do you think that uh, people would have expected him that, well, look, if, if he's secretary of the treasury, he'd be, we almost lose respect for him if he's not engaging in speculation, if he's not trying to line his own nest somehow. Uh, is there a chance that maybe he would have gotten away with a little bit of embezzlement so long as it wasn't too shady? I don't think so. I, I think given sort of the the fact that they were building a new nation, I think that would have gone over rather poorly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would agree. They uh, seemed to really – there was so much stress and tension over how the country was going to develop. They'd thrown off the shackles of uh, King George, but now they wanted it – they wanted to get it right and Jefferson and Hamilton were at each other's throats over the nature of right. And honor and ethics were a big part of it. And I think that uh, – and the the whole foundation of Hamilton's financial plan was criticized for – permitting speculation you know i think i think in 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 the musical jefferson and company come in expecting that they got him right where they wanted him over the very thing that we knew that he was going to do um and so i think i think it i think that would have been a very big well, and deal. i think it's also that they they expected it from an immigrant oh yeah and the the anti-immigrant mm-hmm. the anti-immigrant uh stuff in this song yeah, is just go on, run back to where you come from yeah yeah so it's. I think actually it would have been a very big deal if he had been caught engaging in speculation, especially given where he came from, especially given the responsibility that he had to his country and also how new the country was. The last thing they wanted to do was lose all their money and have to go begging back to England for help. So let's, let's talk about the music for, uh, for, for just a little bit. Um, it's not uh, unusual for this soundtrack to have uh, three really, di- three or four really, really dynamic voices on stage there at the same time. Uh, uh, Aline, what do you what what do you think would have been the, the the most fun part to have in this in, in this in this music? Uh, Alexander Hamilton, Burr, Jefferson, or Madison? I don't know. I I really like. Thomas Jefferson's uh, incredulity and his like he has some really biting like one line uh, one liner zingers that I I think would be actually pretty fun to deliver. Nobody delivers the word what like David Diggs. Right. (laughs) It's amazing. And so perfectly timed. See, I really enjoy doing Hamilton's She Courted Me section. I really enjoy all of the sharp words that get used 
just the way that it sounds is really fantastic. Yeah, it's very staccato, which is, again, like biting. It's nice. Yeah, he he is Hamilton. uh, Hamilton, as played by Miranda, becomes a better rapper, the more agitated and more under the gun he becomes. Um, And right. And he just sort of winds up so much, you know, as you can see, I kept a record of every check in my checkered history. Check it again in your list and see consistency. Uh, That's just I love that. I, 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 I. that's a very that's a very highbrow uh, phrase there. I love that, but I do. It's um, he it's 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 energetic. It's powerful, but it's also desperate. And uh, I I think I I think we see him sowing the seeds of his own destruction right there. Hmm. I don't know if it's desperate. It feels like he's really like he's firing bullets out of a gun. And I think that the the choice of the hard consonants uh, in his lyrics kind of really just whereas the other people in the song they get to sort of be sort of flowy and be more colorful um and i know that's the sort of thing that uh i would say if i'd taken one semester of like theater theory in college 10 years ago and i wanted everybody to know it uh but that's one of the really illuminating things off of stephen sondheim's books of lyrics where i'm thinking that wow these are really these are really it's really great music i love the the really funny and really clever lyrics and it's only when he points out that here's the point at which i have to give this character lots of k sounds and lots of p sounds because this is he has to be shown to be so aggressive at this point meanwhile the other person that he's singing against has nothing but vowel sounds that starts with things and i'm reading it reading it's like i'll be damned that actually comes out um, but yeah, it's it's just the it's the arrogance of Hamilton throughout all this and thinking that, oh, I've got your number. I, I can't believe you thought that you could put me away with this. This is how I'm not going to I'm not going to simply talk my way out of this. I'm going to humiliate you for think I'm going to show you that you're attacking me with a rubber sword. But then Jefferson and Madison say the people won't know what they we know and we leave and they leave. But Hamilton stops Burr. Because there's something to be worried about here. How do I know you won't use this against me the next time we go toe-to-toe? By by the end, once he's calmed down a little bit, I think he perceives a bit of a problem. Yeah. And supposedly there are already rumors uh, going around about uh, Hamilton's infidelities. But rumors are uh, easier to swat aside than, say, I don't know, a 98-page pamphlet in your own hand in which you confess to everything in almost loving detail. Oh, Hamilton. Yeah. Before we wind up, um, what's it? Let, let's let's put yourself in Hamilton's shoes. Uh, I want everybody, and I'll I'll go last. How would you have handled this, knowing that knowing everything that Hamilton knows, and assuming that uh, you also that uh, uh, the other three only know what they know coming in? But they're they're coming in with documents that they think simply proves that you've had some unusual check transactions, and we're decide we believe that you're embezzling from the government. How would you have played this? We're going to start off with Aline. Oh, gosh. It's what's more important to you, your family or the broader public. And I feel like the route he took uh, lowered his esteem in, in both, right? Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. That's it's <laughs> it, is, it really is a hard problem. I think I would just get in my time machine and not commit adultery to begin with so i choose option c oh time machine that's your so that's your solution to everything. yes <laughs> I, it really is actually chip do you have any ideas 
Well, likewise, in the absence of Command Z uh, to undo several steps of the um, uh, of the uh, queue, there, I think I think if if I'd have been Hamilton, I would have uh, confessed what I needed to and not gone into the level of de- detail that he's going to go into later. And he certainly sort of spills right now. He could have said that he'd had one fling and um, been extorted by. Uh, by James Reynolds, which is, mm. you know, that's the thing that leaves the, his, his affair with Mariah isn't what leaves the paper trail. It's the extortion. So if he could have found another way to, uh, to convince them of the means of extortion, um, that might have served him better, except that it just wouldn't have been real enough for him. Hmm. How about you also? Well, I mean, first of all, I would have talked to my wife. <laughs> That's a good thought. <laughs> you know, I, I think that might have been advised. Um, I mean, you know, other than up, down, up, down, right, left, right, left, cheat code. Uh, yeah, I went there. Um, I, I think I may have, again, considered the notion of not really releasing all of the information because Hamilton does kind of vomit all of the, all of the things onto the page. Um I guess I'm the kind of person who probably would have considered stepping down from my post rather than completely destroying my family. But I don't know that Hamilton is the kind of person to do that. So I would have talked to my wife. That would be step one. <laughs> Actually, that, that brings up a interesting little side question. Do you think that, again, uh, 98 pages, a 98-page pamphlet, it wasn't just I did, here is a, here's, the, here's the truth of the matter, and I'm sorry, and I just hope my family will forgive me. 98 pages in absolute detail, it really is a confession. D- d- does anybody think that this indicates that he was feeling guilty and he really needed to absolve himself by... <laughs> In, in a sense, going to that confessional, explaining his uh, – outlining his sins and then hopefully receiving a certain number of Hail Marys and uh, rosaries and the Stations of the Cross so he can feel as though he has now paid for this crime that's been murdering him? Or it's just me? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. It's, 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 sort of, it's sort of like we're seeing the seeds of willful self-destruction here, mm. uh, but he, he, he didn't have to go that – he didn't have to go that far. I, I – I, I'm more inclined to ascribe to him cluelessness rather than uh, seeking absolution. Hmm. Or if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. I've been thinking about how I would eh, get out of it. Maybe maybe I'm affected by like growing up in modern politics. Uh, I would I, I the the best version, the most the most cunning and conniving version of me would have, if surprised by this information, by this by this uh, confrontation. I hope that I would have the wit to think, okay, they're accusing – they have what they think is hard proof of something that I know for a fact didn't happen. So if my job in the next 10 or 15 minutes is to get them to ask them questions about this proof and hope that their answers are things that I can use to say, well, but that makes no sense. If that, if I, why would I make checks to this personal person? Does this person have anything to do with the federal government? And get them to doubt themselves enough that they haul back at least for a few days to regroup. And in that time, I run like hell back home and say, baby, I, I, 
did something horrible and stupid and terrible and I'm going and it's going to be horrible for me but I would like to make it not horrible for you uh and the be- the the worst version of this is that my wife knows about this before anybody else uh I wish that I had had the good uh nature to have uh, confessed not under duress, but at least I did confess. The best version of this is that my wife supports me, uh, forgives me, even though there's going to be a path to go. Uh, the uh, people who brought this evidence will not play their hand quite so strongly, and I can more easily play it with the press saying, well, I don't, I don't know why they think I look at where, look at how I live. Look at the house I live in. Look at how I had to borrow 20 bucks when the pizza guy came two days ago, because I didn't have enough cash on hand. Nobody can see where I've got actually the sort of money stashed away. And I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ennoble my enemies by opening up all my books to everybody. But please, again, look, I've, I've, I'm wearing a cardboard belt for God's sakes and hope that it blows over. But I, you're, I think you're absolutely right. Also, the step one is to whatever you do, make sure that your wife is the first one to know because if anything, she should be the first person to call you a bastard and, and leave you. Yeah. Uh, even if. Oh, if she's in, if she knows, she can help you cover it up. Yeah, I mean that's, that's like I mean, there are two two dimensions to it, and we'll we'll, we'll I'm sure we're going to get to this when we talk about uh, burn uh, a few tracks later. Um, but I would like to think that the best version of myself, the first thing would be, oh man, this is going to totally destroy my marriage, and I don't want my marriage destroyed. And then after getting through that bit of selfishness, thinking. If anything, I don't want her to be hurt, you know, and there's no way she's not going to be hurt by news of adultery. But at least at at least you decided when stuff went down to treat her to try to give her as much dignity as any woman could have or any spouse could have in such a situation. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe I would have said, you're right. I'm on. You guys are right. I'm on the take from the government. I stole twenty thousand dollars. Here's six thousand six hundred and sixty six dollars for each of you. I trust that this concludes the matter and then figure out how I can get $6,666. Oh, well. Well, we were left on the horns of a moral dilemma, and that's where we shall stand. Uh, Chip, uh, you're going to be hosting the next episode in which we talk about the fallout of this <laughs> of, of this meeting, uh, Hurricane. Can you give us a one-sentence sneak preview of what we can expect from that? Spoiler Hamilton makes a bad decision. <laughs> no way. However, ha- however, some of the panelists will be happy to, to disagree with me on that score. And that's uh, that's a little bit of a teaser for next time. <laughs> Chip, thank you very much for joining us this week. Is there any, is there anything you'd like to say to to the listeners before we close for the day? I would, I would just like to say that your your uh, closing remarks, Andy, made me imagine Lin-Manuel Miranda kneeling before Philippa Sue just like John, John Belushi, Belushi in, in front Blue of Blue Carrie Fisher. <laughs> Baby, please! I wasn't cheating on you, honest! I was blackmailed! I I had to deliver a baby on the Ultron Expressway! Uh, I didn't have money for cab fare! Uh, uh, my political enemies wanted to decentralize the government! The French pulled up, pulled their, pulled their naval reserves from Nova Scotia! I wasn't, my God! <laughs> Eileen Sims, thank you very much for joining us this week. Always happy to be here. And finally, Elsa, I'm so glad you're able to join us. Thanks very much for having me. 
and see the PBS documentary. It's amazing. Oh God, I haven't recorded. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm I'm saving it for a day that I can actually focus on it. It's it's nothing but great. I'm sure. Uh, Watch to the very end. Watch to the very end of the credits. <laughs> I am, was, and will be Andy Notko. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pod Four Ham. Hope you listen the next time too. Cheers. My God. Gentlemen, let's go. So, the people won't know what we know. Burr, how do I know you won't use this against me the next time we go toe-to-toe? Alexander, rumors only grow. And we both know what we know. 